Thanks for listening to the Get Over Yourself podcast brought to you by Carol Fit Stationary Bike Program 8-Minute Workouts to Get Super Fit. Perfect Keto, the cleanest, highest potency ketone supplements. MOFO, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Let's get checked at home testing kits. Try LGC.com. Almost Heaven, beautiful compact home use sauna kits. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, the mind-blowing nut butter blend. And check out bradkerns.com slash shop my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance. And here we go with the show. So when you, for example, reduce your caloric intake devotedly and start burning more calories like crazy during an exercise routine, it doesn't really help reduce excess body fat in the manner that we seem to believe. Basically, a quarter of all the protein calories you consume, if you have four eggs, one of those eggs is being devoted, the energy from the egg is devoted to uh, processing the calories that came from the other three eggs. Pretty trippy. So you got to get your mindset completely away from calories in, calories out. Of course, it's extremely important to remain active and, and burn calories and, and do workouts and get in shape, but it's not a direct association that we've long thought it was. The keto ice cream, have you seen that in the store? I guess I'm uh, living in a closet. In fact, I am spending uh, many hours a day in a closet, uh, but I finally tried some of this stuff and it was pretty darn good man <laughs> so there's a few brands out there and then I noticed when I went back to get some more at the store that there's a huge selection of this keto approved ice cream I would definitely classify this as a treat regardless of what they say on the label about net carbs uh, you're talking about something that has the potential to spike insulin and interfere with your fat reduction goals but if you're going to choose a treat and an indulgence hey what a great idea to have something that's going to have a uh, lower glycemic, lower insulin response. Hey folks, I have discovered a bloody awesome new workout program that gets you results in eight minutes. Yes, an eight minute workout and don't laugh because the science supports the assertion that a properly conducted high intensity workout lasting only eight minutes with less than a minute of explosive sprinting effort can deliver more benefits with less downside risk than a pattern of much longer, more depleting cardiovascular workouts. It happens with Carol, my friend Carol. C-A-R-O-L stands for Cardiovascular Optimized Logic. It's an artificial intelligence-powered interactive exercise bicycle that learns to apply the exact resistance you need to get fitter over time. This thing is cool. We're friends. I hit it hard. I get benefits. I get results. Basically, what you do is you go into the program on the screen. You warm up for a bit. You hit an all-out 20-second sprint. You recover for a few minutes. You blast another 20-second sprint. See how high you can get your watts up there like the Tour de France guys. You cool down and you're done. <laughs> the video guy on the Carol Fit AI website is wearing a suit and tie because the workout is too short for you to break a sweat. Yes, it's hip, it's slick, it's high tech, but it's also legit because the short sprint elicits a cascade of hormones into the bloodstream that prompt fitness breakthroughs and turbocharge fat metabolism around the clock. 
Indeed, a little goes a long way, and this program lines up perfectly with my promotion of micro-workouts and short-duration sprints to get the maximum fitness benefits without those downside risks of breakdown, burnout, illness, and injury that happen with the traditional approach to fitness and these long, exhausting, depleting workouts. Go check out Carol Fit AI. The website has all the research. It'll draw you in, teach you all about it. You get a discount for listening to the show and mentioning Brad when you're ready to get your own bike and I don't know about you when you walk through the room and you see that thing sitting there and realize that no it's not a sweaty hour of pain and suffering but an eight minute commitment to continue to boost your fat metabolism build your fitness it draws you in it's so easy to jump on the bike and go because it's short and it's fun Carol Fit AI check it out okay listeners time for part two Yeah, hopefully you listened to the first part of the show. How to lose eight pounds of body fat in six weeks. What an exciting title. Let's get into it. And then I made you wait a whole week to get your mind right, your motivations, the delicate balance between your self-identity and having accountability and focus and discipline to get those goals done. Okay, so now let's go to the action plan. I think it will be helpful to narrow the focus to lowering insulin production as the gateway to dropping excess body fat. Mark Sisson and I have been researching this topic intently as we're working on a new book for release in the fall. Title is Two Meals a Day. Yeah, simple as that. It's the diet book to end all diet books. Just eat less frequently and eat good food and your problems are solved. Uh, but the compelling research suggests that it's all about insulin when it comes to body composition, as opposed to the flawed and dated model of calories in and calories out. And a great book that got extremely detailed and scientific about this topic was Jason Fung's The Obesity Code. So Dr. Jason Fung, based in Toronto, Canada, uh, has conducted a lot of research, references a lot of research, revealing that we have assorted compensatory mechanisms that keep us at or near this metabolic set point that you've heard about for so long. The set point is legit, man. So when you, for example, reduce your caloric intake devotedly and start burning more calories like crazy during an exercise routine, it doesn't really help reduce excess body fat in the manner that we seem to believe. Why? Because the body has ways to compensate. So if you're burning calories like crazy in workouts and you're not eating enough calories, guess what happens? That's right. Your metabolic rate slows down. You conserve energy because the body does not like to be starved and pushed to extreme exercise goals. Interestingly, some other research cited that if you purposely overconsume calories, maybe exercise less, whatever, just eat more calories than you burn every day, your body has assorted compensatory mechanisms that kick in that make you more active and increase your calorie burning at rest. There's something called the thermic effect of food, 
whereby around 5 to 10% of all the calories you consume are devoted to digesting and assimilating those calories. With protein, the number is up at 25%. So basically, a quarter of all the protein calories you consume, if you have four eggs, one of those eggs is being devoted, the energy from the egg is devoted to uh, processing the calories that came from the other three eggs. Pretty trippy. So you got to get your mindset completely away from calories in, calories out. Of course, it's extremely important to remain active and and burn calories and, and do workouts and get in shape, but it's not a direct association that we've long thought it was. That's why movement is so important because movement facilitates fat burning while stillness facilitates sugar cravings and fat storage, independent of whatever calories you consumed or didn't consume. So the weight loss challenge is all about hormone optimization, namely reducing insulin production in the diet rather than eating fewer calories and burning more calories. You will get, at best, a temporary result from the old way and a long-term permanent result effortless maintenance of ideal body composition comes when you produce an optimally minimal amount of insulin over the course of your lifetime. Oh, not only will it help you look good and get your six-pack hanging there permanently, but it will also protect you from the most prominent disease patterns in modern society. That would be type 2 diabetes, obesity, cancer, and cognitive decline that is now being strongly associated, increasingly associated with excess sugar consumption, excess insulin production, and the oxidation and inflammation promoted by that dietary pattern. In fact, uh, Dr. Suzanne Delamonte, I believe, is the first one to uh, coin this clever term. But cognitive disease, the patterns Alzheimer's and related disease, are now being nicknamed type 3 diabetes because these diseases are characterized by dysfunctional glucose metabolism in the brain. Yes, that is supposed to be some scary shit to think about. So your sugar habit, your sugar fix, is not only making you fat, but it's also messing with your brain and over time uh, depriving the brain of oxygen, creating inflammation uh, as opposed to a healthy brain, which can also burn ketones, the cleanest burning fuel known to mankind, and not desperately reliant on glucose for all the energy needs because you become fat adapted in your diet. Okay, so we're going we're gonna, to um, narrow our focus into lowering insulin. And how do you lower insulin? Well, there's two main ways. Fasting, right? Banking many hours in a fasted state. If you're fasted, you're not producing insulin. If you eat anything, you start to produce insulin. Dr. Kate Shanahan says even consuming fat causes an insulin response. Consuming protein is known to cause a strong insulin response. It's just that protein also uh, spikes the counter-regulatory hormone of glucagon, so it doesn't have that uh, spike of insulin uh, like carbohydrate does. And of course, carbohydrates spike insulin and uh, remove the energy from your bloodstream so you get an insulin crash, unlike protein, which is more energy balanced. But the idea of lowering insulin is best achieved through long periods in a fasted state. And then the 
secondary way is to reduce intake of dietary carbohydrates. Uh, optimizing your carb intake exactly has so many different variables and there's so much talk about this. You can spend all day on YouTube or get stacks of books talking about this. But in general, what we want to do is cut out all forms of processed carbohydrates that are nutrient deficient, that spike insulin more quickly than a complex carbohydrate, for example. And then with the incidental carbs that we consume, if we're talking in the context of trying to reduce excess body fat, you want to cut back on all manner of dietary carbohydrates until you can get that weight off. That is the most direct path is more fasting, and more carbohydrate restriction until you optimize your body composition. Okay, so how do you do this? In my case, I put some rules and systems and guidelines into place to set me up for success rather than having this complete freedom and unbridled access to food nonstop, especially people during quarantine time where they're spending time at home rather than driving around or in the office or some environment where it's uh, less easy access to food. Uh, almost all of us for many months have had a refrigerator within a 10 second stroll from wherever we're working. And so things get a little dicey when you have that constant access. So the first rule I established in this quest to drop the excess body fat that had crept on very quickly was no calorie consumption until 12 noon. So that's getting into the often discussed 16-8 eating pattern. That is a 16-hour period of fasting every single day, uh, followed by this window opening where you're allowed to consume calories. And I think some people misinterpret this to think that uh, during the 8-hour window, so let's say 12 noon, my starting point to 8 p.m., <laughs> that you're allowed to just eat throughout that time. The idea here is to eliminate snacking. We make a huge important point about that in two meals a day as a centerpiece of your uh, quest to drop excess body fat because snacking interrupts fat burning on the spot. As soon as you snack on anything, again, even a high fat snack, but especially a high carbohydrate snack, even a high protein snack is going to spike insulin. It's going to stop fat burning, stop body fat burning, and you're going to burn the calories that you consumed one way or the other. So snacking seems harmless. A lot of people even suggest that you snack to keep your energy level steady, but it's been completely refuted now by the uh, latest greatest and the science of insulin being being the centerpiece of body composition. So we want to stay away from snacking uh, at all costs. And the way to do that is to eat uh, delicious, highly satisfying, nutrient-dense meals. I'm pleased to present B-Rad Grass-Fed Whey Protein Isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality, all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please, don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. 
Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine are widely agreed to be the most critical and effective supplements to take for the rest of your life. You can easily stir the superfuel in water or make a delicious smoothie every day. I'm certain that you're going to love the pleasant, light, natural vanilla bean and cocoa bean flavors. So try some on Amazon today. It's a huge hit with dozens of five-star reviews. Or you can order direct from bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the super fuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. So uh, when you can last until 12 noon before you consume any calories, assuming you finish eating at a reasonable time the previous night, you have banked a ton of hours in a fasted state. You've got your insulin nice and low and put in a lot of deposits into the bank in your quest to drop excess body fat. If you want to disagree on the validity of keto or you have your needs for exercise and recovery and you're claiming that you need your carbs, uh, Fung agrees with this too and, and stated it pretty clearly in his book. Mark Sisson agrees with this that your choice of uh, macronutrient ratios in the meal is you're going to have a little bit of leeway there if you can bank a lot of hours in a fasted state. Maybe you can go enjoy that sweet potato or whatever it is you're deciding to eat that has a measurable amount of carbs as opposed to this strict uh, keto pattern that we're all familiar with where you're only allowed 50 grams per day. So if you want to make a comparison here between someone who's fasting for 16 hours a day versus a misguided keto enthusiast who is stuffing their face with fat all day long from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to sleep with whatever keto approved snacks. Oh, the keto ice cream. Have you seen that in the store? I guess I'm uh, living in a closet. In fact, I am spending uh, many hours a day in a closet, uh, but I finally tried some of this stuff and it was pretty darn good, man. <laughs> so there's a few brands out there. And then I noticed when I went back to get some more at the store that there's uh, a huge selection of this keto approved ice cream. I would definitely classify this as a treat, regardless of what they say on the label about net carbs. Uh, you're talking about something that has the potential to spike insulin and interfere with your fat reduction goals. But if you're going to choose a treat and an indulgence, hey, what a great idea to have something that's going to have a uh, lower glycemic, lower insulin response. So the keto ice creams seem like a pretty legit choice, pretty pretty highly ranked uh, compared to, let's say, uh, a regular ice cream like Ben & Jerry's, which shockingly, many of their flavors have uh, refined industrial seed oils contained in the ingredient list. Wow. Okay, so the 12 noon uh, is the big one for me anyway. Not only because it sets me up for long periods of fasting and lowering insulin production, but also because of what it represents, which is putting some rules and guidelines into place where I have to say no to myself if I'm thinking about food in the morning. And that might not work for everybody. And I know there's a lot of rationale to uh, have a nice, delicious, nutrient-dense breakfast in the morning. A lot of people say that if you have thyroid, adrenal issues, things of that nature, that fasting is going to be uh, an extra stressor that could put you over the edge from other stress factors in your life, especially when you're uh, weighing in with exercise. But uh, we feel like uh, everyone should be able to do this, uh, at, at least, you know, putting in a nice window of time where you're not eating and you're able to sustain yourself with 
uh, stored energy sources, ketones, stored body fat, stored glycogen. Now, for example, if you wanted to try something like a hearty morning breakfast and then no snacking and no meals until evening time, uh, like Brian McAndrew, uh, Primal Blueprint colleague, that's also a, an impressive metabolic feat, even though the breakfast to dinner window is not as long as the 16 hour window overnight. Guess what? Most of that time, you're sleeping and not burning hardly any calories. So it's not a huge challenge to fast overnight. But operating off your breakfast meal for, what, 10 or 12 hours between breakfast and dinner, that's a pretty good accomplishment. That's a demonstration of metabolic flexibility. So whatever works for you, just take the spirit of the challenge that I put into place, rules and guidelines. Mine happen to be no calories until 12 noon. And this kickstarts an inherent level of discipline and structure to my daily routine and especially increases my appreciation of that eventual first meal that I eat <laughs> because I had to wait for it. And you know what also happens? frequently is when it comes time around 12 noon, right? The uh, the window opens, but I might be busy. I might be doing a podcast. I might be uh, not starving at that exact moment when the clock strikes 12. So in many occasions, I have an even longer fasting period where it might have been broken at 11 a.m. because I had a break in my schedule or I was starting to think about food or something smelled good, right? And so I would just go for it. But having that rule in place and then leveraging that at times to have an even longer fasting period, including a handful of 24-hour fasting periods, which I'm not inclined to do very much because of my training regimen, but sometimes they happen naturally because, you know, it's only a few more hours going after uh, if you make it to 12 noon. Okay, the next piece of the puzzle for me is my fascination with this carnivore-ish eating pattern, this nose-to-tail strategy of emphasizing the most nutrient-dense foods on earth, which are the animal foods, and also calling into question the long-time shared assumption by just about everyone that vegetables, plants should form the centerpiece of your diet. And if you listen to my shows with Dr. Sean Baker and Dr. Paul Saladino, I feel like they make a ton of sense that the plants are not necessary for survival, and they can possibly cause problems in sensitive people. We are know about the many uh, intolerances in the lectins, glutens, and phytates, in the breads and the legumes, uh, the grain products that have high levels of gluten and other offensive agents that can promote leaky gut syndrome, and then with the leafy greens and the things that we laud as healthy, oh my gosh, for sensitive people, they can be big trouble. Uh, look no further than the wonderful website called Meat rx.com operated by Dr. Sean Baker and the success stories on there are absolutely stunning where people have tried everything and when they excluded plants from their diet it allowed their uh, gut dysfunction to heal and these uh, long-term chronic autoimmune and inflammatory conditions went away so if you have a chronic immune autoimmune or inflammatory condition that has not responded to traditional therapies, uh, a restriction diet where you exclude all forms of plants because all plants have anti-nutrients or antigens in them that are uh, in there to ward off uh, predators to protect the plant from getting eaten. And these are highly offensive to humans. That's why we soak, sprout, ferment, and cook our plants rather than just eat everything raw because in many cases, raw plants are poisonous, right? 
Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. And cooking makes plants vastly easier to digest. So since I've been exposed to the leaders in this movement, I've not gone out of my way to go eat piles of plants every day like I did for a long time. And again, I wouldn't call myself a super sensitive person. Uh, in, in terms of uh, my reactivity to plants, uh, but I will report, and this is kind of funny, I'm embarrassed to say, especially because I have a, a, a YouTube video about Brad Kern's Super Nutrition Green Smoothie, uh, putting all this stuff in there in the morning, including big piles of raw produce, uh, raw kale, celery, beets, whatever's going in there, uh, raw being much more difficult to digest than plants in their cooked form, and I remember getting a bloated stomach just about every time I sucked down my super nutrition green smoothie. And I was talking to Christopher Smith about this. He's also been a guest on the podcast, high-performing athlete, the greatest speed golfer of all time. And he reported the same thing, that he gets a bloated stomach after preparing this delicious nutrient-dense smoothie with all the supplement powders and things in there. And he said, you know, it's so healthy that it's worth it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And then when you think about it more... um, if something's super healthy, why should it be blowing your stomach up to twice the normal size and creating transient pain, gas, uh, bloating, digestion uh, difficulties? So I had to second guess that something that you're consuming that's causing your stomach to blow up may not be uh, all that's advertised in terms of a health essential practice. So then you pair that insight with the uh, the great idea that fasting is when the human body is at its peak function in every way. Uh, the greatest 
most profound anti-inflammatory response or antioxidant response that you can get from your diet is to not eat. It blows away the most exotic green smoothie or superfood you can consume. So when you're in a fasted state, your body is working uh, better than ever. And so whatever health conditions you have, health concerns, especially trying to drop excess body fat, right? The most direct path there is fasting. And guess what? We can survive. We can do really well in a fasted state. And then when you eat, you want to have maximum nutrient density in your food choices. And if you look at the list of most nutrient-dense foods, we're talking about the uh, healthy-sourced animal products, right? Grass-fed, pasture-raised, the clean animal foods, rather than the nasty CAFO stuff, which has so many objections. And I wholeheartedly support all the people that are uh, uh, arguing against eating this mainstream uh, meat and dairy and other food products. So when you are eating in a carnivore-ish pattern, you are by definition uh, excluding uh all of the prominent carbohydrate sources in the diet, right? And so you're kind of eating in this low-carb, high satiety pattern because of the high protein content in animal foods. Protein delivering the most satiety, fat in a second position, and then of carbs delivering the least satiety and actually uh, a compensatory response of wanting to eat more carbs when you eat some. That's why they have the, uh, the slogans on the potato chips, right? Can't eat just one or once you... Once you uh, uh, pop, you can't stop. That was the Pringles uh, ad slogan. Uh, what a disgrace that we had to watch that stuff on TV without the fast-forward button back in the day, huh? So uh, the carnivore-ish pattern, I tout, regardless of all other things and however you feel about the different matters that I brought up about plant reactivity and so forth, you are restricting your dietary options. And by doing so, you get an automatic boost for your fat reduction goals. The fact that I don't have as much dietary variety and don't have as much free choice puts me in a different realm where it's much easier to just adhere to the pattern and not have to uh, risk uh, overconsumption of calories because I got 20 different things I can eat when I open up the refrigerator door. You get what I mean? You naturally consume fewer calories when you adopt any restrictive diet. And that's a lot of the reason for people to celebrate the success of, let's say, uh, a vegan diet in the short term. They're going to lose weight and they're going to feel better because they're restricting a lot of offensive foods. Number three, sprinting, jumping, explosive, short-duration, high-intensity performance sends a profound signal to your genes and hormones to drop excess body fat because the penalty for carrying excess body fat through a sprint or when you're trying to jump over a bar is extreme. In contrast, when you're performing long-distance endurance activity, fat-burning activities, the penalty for carrying excess body fat for shuffling through a marathon in five hours with uh, 20 pounds of extra body fat, the penalty is not that extreme because you're not moving very fast. But in contrast, oh my gosh, uh, trying to jump up off the ground and dunk a basketball, jump over the high jump bar, or sprint the 100 meters, there's a reason why you don't see any fat sprinters 
fat high jumpers or fat elite level basketball players because there's too much demand on the body. And when you train, of course, your body responds with adaptive, adaptive tra- response to training, right? You sprint and sprint and sprint. You get better and better at it. And as you ask your body over and over to perform these explosive efforts, you are going to trigger fat reduction uh, in a realm uh, aside from your caloric intake, caloric expenditure, right? It's genetic signaling to the body. So when I started performing my sprint workouts correctly, uh, avoiding that chronic fight or flight stimulation that happened when my rest periods were too short and I was pushing my body too hard and then feeling trashed and exhausted afterward, that's when you kick into these compensatory mechanisms, the compensation theory of exercise, whereby when you do an exhausting, depleting workout, your body responds with a corresponding increase in caloric intake over the course of the day, as well as a propensity to be lazier and to burn fewer calories. This is not only uh, uh, conscious, but also on a subconscious level. Your body just works a little more slowly. You're a little lazier. You're not tapping your leg under your desk. You get up to uh, go get another pad of post-it notes and you're moving a little slower than you otherwise would have if you hadn't done that crazy workout in the morning. So by doing a properly conducted sprint workout, you send those signals to your genes to drop excess body fat, but you don't have that compensatory response from an exhaustive workout because you rested properly, you do the sprinting or the jumping workouts infrequently. I'm trying to work up, believe it or not, to two days a week, and that's a really ambitious uh, schedule to try and adhere to, and I don't make it every week, uh, but that seems like uh, nothing to some people conditioned to believe that you should go out and push and challenge your body day after day after day, but to do it right, that's a whole nother realm. So adding some brief, explosive, high-intensity workouts with plenty of rest and recovery between the workouts and also uh, structuring the workout properly. And you can listen to my shows on sprinting and especially the Dr. Craig Marker material uh, contrasting hit versus hurt, high-intensity interval training versus the preferred high-intensity repeat training, which is less stressful and depleting. Okay, so that's three. The 12 noon rule, the carnivorous eating pattern, the introduction of properly conducted sprinting and jumping workouts, and then the magic of the cold plunge. And you know I got a whole show about that. I'm fascinated by it. I'm doing more research. I'm working on a book right now about how to get started in cold therapy. But I do believe it has a profound effect on the genetic signaling for fat reduction. And the research supports this. So when you expose yourself to cold, obviously water being a much better medium than air, because the greater molecular density of water drains body heat 25 times faster than air, but exposing yourself to cold temperatures, ambient temperatures can also work. But this therapeutic cold plunge, which takes only a few minutes, has a profound influence on your uh, body composition. So my morning routine, which I've worked up to spending four or five or six minutes in water temperature that I regulate uh, around 36 to 38 degrees Fahrenheit, has been a great boost for fat metabolism. Now, here's the caveat that's not discussed enough, because anytime you read about cold exposure, you'll Google it and you'll be regaled by uh, the stories of how uh, exposing yourself to cold water activates the special brown fat, the thermic uh, the thermic uh, 
properties of brown fat uh, increase your metabolic rate, you burn more fat and you lose weight and it's awesome. But here's the other thing that's obvious and also validated by science that exposure to cold temperatures causes a spike in appetite because if you lower your body temperature, your body starts working hard to rewarm, to return to homeostasis. I don't know if you can reference uh, a hard day of skiing or chopping wood uh, in the snow and then coming in and just inhaling any food near you uh, because of the physical exertion combined with the cold exposure. So what we have to do is kind of uh, short circuit this connection, this compensation theory insight that exposing yourself to cold increases your appetite. Uh, what I noticed from my devotion to jumping in the cold tub is that anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour after my session, I will experience a reliable spike in appetite, and it is a growling of my stomach thanks to the prominent hunger hormone ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N. Dr. Kate made that up. She says, ghrelin gets your stomach growling. That's how you can remember the term for the prominent hunger hormone. Uh, so what you have to do basically is ignore this, is fight through this hunger spike in the aftermath of your cold exposure. And by doing so, you uh, upregulate fat burning with great intensity, right? So the hunger spike is there to uh, prompt you to eat, a genetically programmed survival mechanism. Usually when our stomach starts growling, we are going to drop whatever we're doing and go look for food. Now, if you refuse to do so, if you ain't getting any food and your brain learns that you're not going to be getting any food anytime soon, what happens is it shifts over into uh, ketone production, right, for the brain and also uh, accelerated fat metabolism for the body. All right, so the cold plunge, and uh, I'm not going to have you spend 500 bucks for a chest freezer just yet, but if you want to start your day with a cold shower in the interest of dropping excess body fat, it can be a really nice trigger, unless you're in Phoenix in the summer and the water's coming out of the, uh, of the shower head at 78 degrees. Uh, for most people, most times of the year, you can get a authentic uh, cold exposure from trying a cold shower. And then you're going to love it so much that you'll be compelled to upgrade to, let's say, trying out an ice bath and then someday getting the ultimate cold therapy home therapy standard of the chest freezer. Uh, so finally, I'm going to put the last thing on the list is this idea of eating your meals mindfully and enjoying and appreciating every bite of food that goes down the mouth and noticing carefully when you have achieved satiety, when you have achieved satisfaction and uh, ceasing eating after that, just getting just the food you need to feel great and not overstuffing just because that's habit or that's because how much was on your plate or because you're not mindful, you're busy watching a television show or reading a magazine or engaged in conversation or sitting there at your work desk trying to wolf down the food really quickly to the point that the satiety signal from your stomach is not getting to your brain in time and you're still eating even after you're full. So having that enjoyable, low-stress, relaxing meal environment where you're eating just as much as you need to feel satisfied at every meal, and then going on about your day and allowing uh, those fasted hours to accumulate, it should be quick results if you've done the hard work to become metabolically flexible to be able to fast comfortably rather than struggle and suffer. So 
There you go. How about that for a package? In summary, waiting till 12 noon, uh, following a carnivorous pattern, uh, doing the sprint workouts properly, doing the morning cold plunge, and eating mindfully. Those factors conspired to help me get that excess weight off, and I'm down uh, eight pounds of body fat in six weeks. And boy, from the experience reliving it in 2019 and 2020, I'm hopefully setting a goal now to uh, not drift again and not have to worry about implementing this methodical approach to getting the fat off that never should have got there in the first place. But hey, you know, that's how life works sometimes. I hope this these two shows have been of value to you, and good luck. Go for it. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.